Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Good evening, you are listening to Love Sport Radio. I am Matt Beadle and it is time for the Arsenal Fan Show. As usual, I'm joined by the guys, or the guy, I should say, from Gunnerstown, Giles Anyam. How are you, Giles? I'm all right, all things considered. I'm flying solo, well... I'm a, I'm a what's it, front seat passenger with you tonight. So, uh, <laughs> They've yeah. left you on your own, mate. The they guys have. have deserted you. It's yes. just you and me in the studio tonight. We've got plenty coming up. Of course, that victory over Bournemouth. No surprises, really, considering just four points from the eight matches they've played against Arsenal mm. in the Premier League. But, importantly, a 1-0 victory. A first goal for David Luiz and a second clean sheet of the Premier League season the first since the opening day of course yeah you can't complain when you look at the uh, matter of facts you can't complain 1-0 victory um, clean sheet as you said a point behind the champions I don't think anybody really would have predicted that at the beginning of the weekend um, other results seem to have gone our way um, and as you said yeah it, it, you know on the face of it you'd think yeah you know um, move on and upwards but um I suppose we'll get round to um, the semantics and the and, and the bits and pieces, the oh. nuts and bolts of things as as the show goes on. The semantics, indeed. That is unbeaten in five, of course, which is extremely good. It was just one win in four, I believe, leading up to the game, wasn't it? So good mm. to get back into winning ways. I just want to quickly touch on the goal, by the way, because mm. a good goal from David Luiz tends to score his goals at home in the Premier League. The celebration... Granite Xhaka absolutely annihilated him. No one really picked up on this. He, Louise went to celebrate yeah. and Xhaka came in from behind, captain's responsibility, and just floored him completely. Yeah, um, very exuberant celebrations from Xhaka. Uh, maybe he had money on him, you know, to score the first goal. Who knows? Who yeah. knows? Crikey, yeah. let's hope he didn't because there's all, yeah. all kinds of yes. betting charges yes. when it yes. comes down to things Indeed. Like uh, we are going to talk about a man of the match performance from Callum Chambers, of course. There's been a lot of chat about him on this station, on this show, of course, over the past month or so. But when I came on air beforehand, just to preview the shows coming up, I was talking about the defence and the fact that Callum Chambers really is coming to the fore now. Yeah, you know what? Um, I've got to hold my hands up. I thought, you know, after seeing him last season, uh, play, he, he, you know, talking to... Um, the guys from the Fulhamish pod and they were saying last season he, he, they played him at right back and he was absolutely awful mm. and he did much better in defensive midfield and I thought that this season we're, if we'd see him we'd see him either in central defence or defensive midfield I would not have put money on him being a, a backup right back and you know you can't say anything other than he's been an absolute stud really as backup for Bellerin I think he's um, he's taken to the role um, maybe six experience he's got a bit more experience than, than Maitland-Niles who's kind of struggled to, to, to fill the role and obviously it's not his favourite position but I think Chambers has come in and he hasn't put a foot wrong really um, he's, he's I think what we've really done well is kind of hide his weaknesses in terms of he's not really been exposed to pace I mean if you look at the Man United game he was playing against Daniel James one of the quickest players in the Premier League didn't really expose him on a one-on-one too often on Sunday as well, I thought he did pretty well, and he gets he gets forward and he and he kind of helps with the attack. So he's done really well, I think, and he deserved his, all the accolades he's getting recently. When you look at the actual stats, and you can sometimes read too much into this, of course, he had twenty more touches than any other player. He contested the most tackles. 
only Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang had more shots than Callum <laughs> Chambers. So that kind of shows his attacking prowess as well. You mentioned Ainsley Maitland-Niles there. I just want to touch on him in mm. terms of his follow-up from last season because you said that obviously it's not his preferred position. He played against Standard Liège during the week. Mm. Didn't perhaps have the best performance. Has he gone a bit backwards for you? He, he's played more of his favourite position, didn't he, against Standard? He was played more of a sort of a right-sided midfielder and you'd have thought that, you know, he's that's kind of his position. He, he said in an interview that, you know, that's more of his favourite position. He kind of flew under the radar. He didn't really shine as He didn't do much wrong. Just, you know, Martinelli and Saka and all the other young boys, they really kind of came to the fore and he kind of flew under the radar and was sort of like left uh, in the background. And I, I, I do I do worry. I do worry for him. Um, it's early in the season. You never know. Um, but I wonder where there is, where where is there a place for him in this squad? Maybe he might be just be a utility man, but I think he'd, I think he wants to be more. I think he, he wants to stake a claim in this squad. I mean, he's seen not just the guys of his age, but the, the youngsters, the 18-year-olds coming through and really sort of like staking a claim and putting a marker down. And you're looking at Ainsley Maitland-Niles. He's got a lot of talent, but you're just wondering, you know, is it a confidence thing? He just doesn't seem to fit, you know, with where this team are and where the team wants to go at, at the moment. Well, we are going to get more into the defence a bit later on the show. Plenty coming up, of course. We're going to be speaking to Akil Vias, who is a board member of the Arsenal Supporters Trust. We're going to be looking back at the win over Standard Liège, of course, in the Europa League. Some comments as well from Arsene Wenger today, which are slightly controversial, especially considering they involve a North London rival that we're not going to mention right now. We'll get onto that later. But just to finish up on the Bournemouth game itself, a, a decent first half... A not so decent second half. It wasn't the greatest performance, but crucially, you got the job done. Yeah, like I said at the beginning of the show, one nil to the Arsenal. Famous saying, you know, if we go on to claim a top four place, this will just be a footnote, really. You know, you look back as he's one. It's just another result. But you know, the manner. I think there's been a lot of um, there's been a lot of chat on online. Uh, about oh, the manner of, of of the result, the performance. Some people are saying a result to result is three points. We're right up in the mix. Other people are saying the kind of performance we put in cannot be sustained for the rest of the season. And I tend to, I tend to, I understand that you know three points is three points, but the the the, the performance really did leave a lot to be desired. You touched on the performance in the first half. I thought first half was decent as well. I I worried towards the end of the first half, thinking we need to put a couple, stick a couple more goals in past this lot because half time turnaround, I could see it coming after that Watford game. I just thought this team. Are too mentally fragile. Don't know what's being said in the in the changing room. And also, Bournemouth couldn't play that badly again in the second half, mm. and they didn't. They they came out. They got in our faces. They were much closer to us. They played with a high intensity. They were pretty toothless. But if if Callum Wilson puts one of those chances away, or Josh King puts one of those chances away, we're talking about a different a different thing here altogether. Yeah, you are. And Callum Chambers did have a great chance, of course, mm. when he danced through the defence. Callum Chambers, of course, coming to the rescue there from Callum Wilson, but. Like you said, in terms, I don't. I mean, Arsenal aren't a Liverpool or Manchester City at the moment. Let's not beat around the bush. Mm. They're absolutely nowhere near that level. So I don't think that we can expect the quality of performance week in, week out. Mm. There are going to be lulls. There are going to be ups. There are going to be downs in terms of the performances. But when you look at it, the bare bones of it, that is 15 points from eight games. Just one point, by the way, behind Manchester City yeah. in second place. Arsenal sit in third place. And what is going to become a relatively competitive top, four race mm. now I mean in terms of the top six are Manchester United including 
included in that. We don't know Leicester City look like they're going to break into it. Crystal Palace, for crying out loud, sitting in sixth place with <laughs> yeah. Burnley behind them. The Premier League, after eight games, is already extremely unpredictable. But Arsenal, 15 points from eight games, one point behind City. You would take that, wouldn't you? Yeah, like I say, on the face of it, you would. And many, and many half the fan base do and have and will, you know, and they're very happy with or they're, just, they're satisfied with what's seen as progress right now. The other half of the fan base are worried because last season, whilst we were on our 22-game unbeaten run, we were picking up points. The performance, the underlying theme of those performances were that, you know, we were letting in, you know, we were just, we weren't, we were treading water. You know, we weren't as defensively solid as we look, as we might have looked, and you know, it kind of came home to roost towards the end of the season. This season, I'm thinking he's had a year to to bed in his ideas, his tactics, his philosophies. He's got a bit more of his own players. He understands the league a bit more. Can this? I mean, if it was a blip, it'd be fine. But it's not a blip. It was a dodgy. It was a dodgy performance against Watford. First game of the season against Newcastle wasn't great. You know, even the Man United game. You know, we got as much as I, I thought we could have got. You know, some people were saying that we were disappointed not to get three points, but a team like ours going over there with a record like we have against them, I, I couldn't, you know, I didn't expect any more than a point. It's not, a, I don't think, I'm, I'm hoping we're not going to see this kind of run of form, you know, feature in the next nine games. We've got some winnable games, manageable games, starting with Sheffield United up at Bramwell Name. Not an easy game. Liverpool went up there and got a dodgy goal to win. They got a very fortunate goal to win. If we play that this over there, I fear. You know, so we've got to, we've got to find a solution. We've got to, the performances have to match the results. They have to, they have to pick up because you can't keep playing like that for it throughout the rest of the season. So do you think, Giles, that there's, from my perspective, the way I look at it and the way I hear you talk, I mean, use the word blip mm. there. I mean, you're saying it's not a blip. For me, it's nowhere near a blip because mm. when I look again at the statistics and you look at it, things on the face of it, that's one defeat this season mm. against Liverpool, mm. right? That's no great shape. You lost to Liverpool, who have won every yeah. single game this season and look set to win the Premier League. Eight points now, that gap between them and Manchester City. But that's just one defeat this season. Is there an unrealistic expectation placed upon Unai Emery? An unrealistic expectation wouldn't get into the top four. Of where Arsenal should be right now. Well, I think no, I don't think there's any fan or not many Arsenal fans that, are, that will think we, we should be winning it or competing for, with Liverpool for the title. I think most Arsenal fans would expect to get into the top four this season. I don't think that expectation is unrealistic, especially when you look at our rivals, the rest of our rivals, who are kind of stuttering and trying to, you know, stuttering to find form. You know, this is a, a good opportunity, as good as opportunity as any recently, to get into that top four, to embed ourselves into that top four. And I don't think it's unrealistic to expect him to, 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 to take us in, to get us into the top four for next season. And uh, Me neither. Mm. I, I don't think it is. Mm. And as things stand... You are in yeah. that top four. And if yeah. you continue the form, I know what you're saying about performances, but if you continue the form, yes, Sheffield United next, they seem to be doing better away from home than, they, than they're doing at Bramall Lane this season. Then Crystal Palace at home, you'd think on the face of it, that would be a victory, but like we said. And, and last season. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. And then it's Wolves at home, but we know what Wolves are like in the against the top six. They may even break into that this season. They just beat Man City, didn't they? They did. Yeah, so... You know, is it a given? I don't know. But the next nine games, before we meet Man City on the 14th of December or whatever, we've got to get as many points. I think, what was it, we talked about 27. You've got to be looking at 20, at least, points out of those, that run of nine games. You know, so is, is it impossible? Is it, is it, is it, is it an unrealistic target? I don't think so. But we've got to pick up, we've got to pick up our form. We've got to pick up. Well, I'll tell you what. 
Spare a thought. Well, you're not going to spare a thought, but let's just be happy that right now there is another team in North London who are perhaps not doing as well as Arsenal are. This is the Arsenal Fan Show on Love Sport. Love Sport. Yep, this is Love Sport and the Arsenal Fan Show, no less, on Love Sport. Me, Matt Beadle, here with Giles Anyam from Gunnerstown. If you want to join the debate, it's very easy. It's so simple to do so. 0208 7020 558. You can WhatsApp us on that number as well, or tweet us at Love Sport Radio. We are reflecting on that 1-0 win over Bournemouth at the weekend at the Emirates. And a man in particular, Giles, I want to move on to now, is a certain Danny Ceballos, a man who burst on the scene, shall we say, for Arsenal in the Premier League. A great opening performance against Burnley. And everyone was like, this is the real deal, this guy. And I think when you look at the Premier League, we can't just expect players, especially players of... Sabios's stature, shall I say? Such slight, he's slight, mm-hmm. he's slim, mm-hmm. he's he's quick and effective on the ball. But the physical nature, the pace, and the power of the Premier League sometimes can hold players up. And in Sabios's case, I think that's it's been like that. It's taken him a bit of time, but he's slowly but surely getting there, and he proved that again on at the weekend. Yeah, he had a great start, didn't he, to his career, his Arsenal career. Then I think it kind of kind of came a bit, you know, kind of hit the wobblers against Liverpool to be honest all of our players did you know um, against Liverpool but he's, he's slowly coming back I think it's early season it's very early you know our first impression is when you see a new guy come in and he, the first thing he does is hit, takes a 25-30 yard shot and it just mm. goes over you think oh he looks a bit special you know uh, it's come from Madrid good pedigree he's a good player he really is a good player and, and I don't know again where is his best position that's my I think that might be something to do with it if we can figure out where he best he's best deployed probably see the best out of him at the moment, he's playing. He's playing in the pivot. He's playing in eight ten role. We might be playing in, in the left. We haven't really found the right position for him and the right blend to to get the best out of him at the moment. But you know what? He's what I like about him. He doesn't shy away. He doesn't hide. You know, like you talked about his frame. He gets stuck in. Mm. He's not shy about getting stuck in and you know putting a foot in and you know retrieving possession. And I think that's what we like. The fans, not only just the, the silky skills, but he's actually his determination, his character. He wants to get stuck in. He chases back. He presses. He wants to show that you know he's 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 playing for the shirt and, and for the badge. And you know, I think hopefully there's an up as as he gets more used to the Premiership, it's an upward tra- trajectory for him. Let's hope so. You mentioned the regaining possession as well, eleven times more than any other player again at the weekend, and the most passes in the opposition half. Mm. I guess you kind of expect that. He adopted more of a number ten role, didn't he, mm. at the weekend? I'm delighted. Someone who's probably got an opinion on that is Akil Vias, board member of the Supporters Trust, joins us now. How are you doing, Akil? Evening. Good, thanks. How you doing, mate? You're right. Yeah, good. Good. Have a good day yesterday. Uh, I mean, it, I think it's you know what for, for years people were saying points over performances because if you remember the the, the sort of latter Arsene Wenger time and maybe not the last couple of seasons but the bit in the middle still playing decent football, uh, good football at times but just not getting those results and 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 ultimately now people were saying they want results over performances but then when you sit through ninety minutes of what we sat through <laughs> yesterday you think wow. I'm not sure what I want at the moment. It's certainly confusing us. Axe, what was the atmosphere like in there? I mean, you know, especially the second half. What, what, the people around you. What did you? What, what was the actual feeling quiet. like? Really? Yeah, it was. It was quiet. It was it a was, bit empty uh, as well, wasn't it? It wasn't. It wasn't full yesterday, neither, was it? Yeah, I mean, I mean, the empty seats issue is, 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 is mm. it has been an issue, sorry, for a while, and 
for a game that's a two o'clock on a Sunday, not a four four thirty, and a game that's not on TV, I was quite surprised to see mm. empty seats. Um, but I mean, uh, yeah, quiet. I think there was. I think you know, we we kind of let Bournemouth back into the game, and we, we've sort of done that a lot this season, where we have when we if we have gone up, we, we've sort of sat back a little bit and. Maybe you know, you know, taking a creative player off and, and and giving someone else a bit of experience. It's not quite always worked. I mean, you talked about Danny Ceballos, but I mean, if you remember the Watford game, thought he was one of our better players, getting us, you know, beating the press, mm. picking up the ball from from the centre backs, and then we took him off, and we just lost control of the game and drew the game. And and you think about Old Trafford, last kick of the game. You know, we had a free kick. Man United don't have any mm. chance to get that ball forward. There was no time yet. I think Unai Emery pulled two of the players back to the line. You know, you saw Man United yesterday, David De Gea came up for that. We put two of our players on the halfway line. So uh, there's certainly, you know, something there. Um, but yeah, I mean, generally it was pretty quiet because really there wasn't much happening. What do you think about, um, the, you talked about the performance, we talked about the performances as well. I mean, do you, mm. do you see... Do you see it picking up? Do you see him finding a solution anytime soon? Or do you think do you think fans are making too much of it? Um, I think I think having some certain players back will help. I mean, last year um, Unai Emery relied on his fullbacks to to provide a lot of width, and having two fullbacks who are naturally better going forward as well as you know probably better defending as well than than the ones we've had. Even though Callum Chambers did play very well actually yesterday and at Old Trafford, but having them back might help. It potentially helps him and, and offers out back five as well, or, or, or three at the backwards, however you want to say it, potentially for away games. Um, so there's more options there. I still think in the midfield, there needs to be a balance. I'm not quite sure. I mean, you, as, as I was sort of on hold, I could hear you guys talking about it. And there certainly isn't quite the balance there in midfield. You know, I mean, under an IMB, everyone struggles to play number 10. I mean, Aaron Ramsey tried it, Mesut Ozil, Joe Willock. No one's really, Danny Tobias as well. No one's really nailed it. It looks like we have a lot of number eights, um, so the box to box type players. And I'm just not sure, you know, Zucas Pereira in the thinking, he's kind of played Europa League, has had maybe just Matty Guendouzi just absolutely surprised everyone. And he's playing at a level that we didn't expect him to be at so soon. I don't know. But there's certainly something in that balance that isn't quite right yet. Do you, think, do you think, you know, with the preseason, people were actually. What people really seem to focus in on was the fact that we were playing four two three one and we looked pretty good with it. And then coming into the season, I think he's abandoned it pretty much. I think he's, he played. He seemed to play a semblance of it on Sunday, but for pretty much a lot of the season, we played four three three. Why do you think he's gone away from that? Mm, not sure. I mean, maybe the, the the signing of Pepe potentially changed that. He wants Pepe further forward. Um, or closer to the strikers, maybe it was uh, obviously at the start of the season Aubameyang was playing a bit more wide with Lacazette in the middle, potentially just wanted those kind of catching midfielders, wide men can get closer to Aubameyang, I mean you've you've seen that at times where he's even played or two up, you know, you think about Anfield Pepe was quite alongside Aubameyang mm. um, and, that, and Lacazette I don't think started, did he? So um, th- th- there's obviously I, that's the thing, I think he's still not quite sure of his best formation his best system and you know he's obviously trying to trying to get Pepe in um sort of Reese Nelson's been in and out I think when Lacazette comes back again you've got a decision to make there because Saka's done quite well so I think it's just a case of he's not quite sure of his if there was a final tomorrow I still don't know who he would play yeah exactly Akil just another player that 
I wanted to mention. We were going to discuss him later in the show, but as we've got you on the line now, you mentioned the midfield there. Record signing, £72 million, Nicola Pepe. I was with an Arsenal fan the other day and he described Pepe as the elephant in the room. It's just one goal in 10 appearances. I'm not saying he's been brought in to score goals, but his goals record for his previous club was obviously very good. It's not... I mean, we talk about hitting the ground running as a new signing. What's your view on him at the moment? Uh, I mean, you know, one thing to be fair to the guy, it, it takes time to, to settle, um, settle in the country. It's it's a, it's a faster pace. Um, he's obviously playing with with, with different players, um, but the jury's still totally out. I'm I'm, I'm not sort of one of them who's just going to sort of give blind faith to a player. Have I seen enough in Nicolas Pepe? Probably not, not yet. I mean, even, you know, people will talk about Dennis Bergkamp and, and Thierry and, and, and Robert Perez, but you still saw something in them. I remember the first time I saw Robert Perez and I just saw, wow, there's a player in this in this guy somewhere. Once he settles, he'll be a great player. Same with Dennis. Um, with with Nicolas Pepe, you haven't quite seen that yet. You know, are we playing to his strengths? You know, he's apparently one of the quickest players in the world. Are we we're playing a bit too much to his feet? There's been at times where we've played to his chest and his head. So I think it, it, it will take a little bit of time. We have to kind of get suited to his way of playing. Um, but, you know, I don't know. It could be a constant thing as well. You know, he has had shots on target. He has had chances, but he's either skied them or he, he hasn't taken a touch when he should have taken a touch. And, Maybe it's just confidence, and when one or two go in, the rest follow. Obviously, though, the one he had scored was a penalty. So, but for me, he hasn't quite shown much. I think with Lacazette coming, you know, if you were to ask me who who comes out, Pepe or Saka, you'd probably have to say it's Pepe. So, you know, he, he's still young; he's about twenty-four. Um, he'll, he'll take he'll take a few months. So hopefully, he'll come good. But I think we must start playing to his strengths. But that again comes back to that midfield. If that midfield balance isn't quite there and, and we're not providing the service, um, then, you know, you are going to struggle. I mean, this season, Abami has scored a lot of goals, but I don't really think the service has been too great. No, we've just had, we're just lucky we've had a yeah. striker who knows how to finish and yeah. he's taken chances, like at Old Trafford. You, but, you, you, know, you, know what, you know, you know, you know, Alex, I, and I'm paying to say, because I know people, whoever's listening will be like, oh, God, not this again. But I looked at the game yesterday and I thought, home game? You know, against a team that are you know laying off of us, lots of space for us to create. Why don't we play Ozil? I mean, I'm not you know I'm not his biggest fan, but at home against this kind of opposition, he'd have thrived in that kind of setting. Mm. And the thing is, I think, I think Pepe needs that kind of player, especially at home, that can create yeah. space for him, that can create you know that can get him in space. You know, because yeah. when he, like you said, when he's picking up the ball, he's picking up the ball. He's got three or four defenders around him. There's no space yeah. to run into or anything. You know, um, and yeah. he's having to sort of do that kind of work where you'd see you'd think somebody like Ozil would, 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 would make that kind of transition thing a lot easier especially at home not so much away but especially at home and against that kind of opposition yeah I mean what can you say about Mendes Ozil it's, it's just that it, it, it's quite baffling it's quite I mean you know he obviously signed an extension it was under the old regime the old regime were under a lot of pressure and they knew Alexis was Sanchez was off um, so they, they potentially panicked a little bit. But I mean, you know, if you're a manager, I, I always think you need to use your, your assets and you need to use them and you need to manage them well. And at the moment, he's got an asset. He's got it on his driveway. He's got a Ferrari on his driveway. Okay, the Ferrari hasn't performed well. Maybe he's had a few mechanical issues. 
but it's still a Ferrari that you know on the right day can take you to where you want to go to. And that's like Meza Erzo, I guess. You know, unless something's gone on in the back, you know, there's a lot of sort of rumours about it's just he's just not in training, mm. sort of working in the intensity, high yeah. press, high intensity Unai Emery kind of wants from him. But I don't know, you know, if you're, it, we're, we're a club at the moment that, yeah, we're, we're third and obviously I'm, I'm chuffed about that. We're doing well, but we're still probably not creating as many chances as I would like. Um, and if you stop creating those chances, it's going to be really tough. You know, like we saw with Bamiyang yesterday, we mm. didn't really get a sniff in the post, we didn't really mm. get a sniff. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, if you've got an asset, you need to try and use him. Um, and that's yesterday. Apart from Martinelli and, and maybe you could say Willock, who I think is number eight, but there wasn't much offensively there. If we had gone one down, I'm not quite sure what we would have done. Hmm. You know, there's no Reese Nelson or Mesut Ozil. So, yeah, it, it, it's a little bit baffling, but I guess when you're in third place, you can probably get away with it. But, Sounds like yeah, we're moaning, I mean, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's one of those weird ones, yeah. isn't it? You'd like to know what's going on. Nice uh, Ferrari analogy there, Akil. Very Martin Keown-esque, by the way. He talked about that on Match of the Day too, although that was for Adama Traore as well. He also actually slightly criticised, I guess, Saka and Aubameyang as well for not pressing enough against Bournemouth. It's been great having you on, buddy. Just before you go, let's just speak about this charity gala you've got going on. Yeah, so uh, it's it's on Saturday um, in Watford. And it's kind of labelled the Let's Let's Make a Difference. So we, we do have a website called Let's All Make a Difference uk, And really, it, it's just something that I've, I've put on with my family. Um, we're raising money for five wonderful charities. One of them is the Arsenal Foundation. So there's a close link there. I've done a lot of work kind of with the foundation and through my role at the Supporters Trust as well. We, we kind of do a fundraiser every year for them. Um, and, and, you know, they do some really awesome work. You know, they, they work obviously in our local community at Arsenal, Islington, but they also go global. And what they do is they, they give young people a purpose. They build football pitches all around kind of war-torn countries, giving these young lads and, 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 and young females a little bit of a purpose. Instead of sort of hanging around the streets, they get them into the pitches, playing football, you know, they, they, they send coaches out there as well and really get, making a difference to these young people's lives. So we're proud to support them and we're proud to support all the other charities. So that's this Saturday in Watford. And, and as I said, let's all make a difference.co.uk has all the information. Let's make a difference.co.uk. Yeah, let's all make a difference.co.uk. Yeah. Lovely stuff. Akil, thank you very much for Cheers, joining us. Mate. Cheers, guys. That was Akil Vias, board member of the Arsenal Supporters Trust. We are going to be hearing from Giles, more from Giles, of course, and plenty more Arsenal fans after this. Love Sport. This is the Arsenal Fan Show on Love Sport. I am Matt Beadle, joined by Giles Anyam from Gunnerstown. If you want to join the debate, very easy to do so. 0208 70 20 558. You can WhatsApp us on that number as well, or tweet us, if you like, at Love Sport Radio. We are going to move on to a bit of home form chat as well, Giles. We have to mention that Arsenal have won mm. 17 home Premier League games under Unai Emery. Let's not forget that. Since mm. the start of last season, only Liverpool and City, we go back to the debate, have won more. Yeah, you, you can't can't argue the point. I can't argue that. Mm. It's the facts are the facts, you know. Our home form, it's been sort of like our our haven, really. That's the one place I expect us to pick up points. Away, not so much, but definitely away at home, I definitely expect that. So I'm not surprised. I, actually, it's quite a good, that's actually really good reading, really, actually, when you think it's only Liverpool and Chelsea and what? Man, Man City. City, the top two. Yeah, so, you know, it's, it shows that, um, you know, we, we, we're definitely 
one for our creature comforts at home. But yeah, if we can transform that away, that would be great. Absolutely. The Fortress Emirates is what we're going to call it from now on. Delighted to say we've got Mark on the line now, Arsenal fan. Mark, how are you doing, Mark? I'm good, thank you, mate. How are you doing? Yeah, very well, thank you. Great to have you on. What would you like to talk about? Um, I was just uh, going to ask uh, really what people think about the, some of the overreaction at the moment to uh, the performances uh, rather than the results. You know, people don't seem to, people seem to be looking past the results at the performances and there seems to be a lot of worry amongst the fan base uh, about how we're doing and we're in a bit of a false position due to having got away with it in a few games and obviously the, the collapse of a couple of other teams that we won't mention uh, and what Giles thinks about that. Well, are you, Mike? You're right, mate. Um, yeah, I've already said earlier on that, um, you know, if it was just a blip, it would be fine. But I do I do worry, Mark. That performance yesterday worried me a lot because it was the second half was so disjointed. And the thing is, after towards the close of the first half, I was thinking, if we don't put two or three past this lot, you know, it could be a bit worrying. And, and it kind of, you know, thank goodness, you know, Bournemouth had, you know, didn't take the few chances that they have. I think it's only two shots in, on target in the, in the whole of the second half or something like that. You know, if we carry that perform, that kind of performance forward, you know, in the next nine games, do you see us get winning most of those games, especially away from home? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, we're, we're into a period now where I think up until I think maybe we play Man City, yeah. that you've got, you've got what you would consider a lot of winnable games. But, you know, we do play some, some dodgy away games. We've got Sheffield away. I think we play Wolves as well. And Wolves have already shown that against the top teams, they're, uh, they're definitely up for it. So, no, I agree. I mean, I think if we carry on playing in, uh, in the fashion we did second half, we're just going to let teams back into games that we should be, uh, you know, we're on the verge of getting another goal and really putting it out of sight and but we're actually giving teams a chance to get back in it. Yeah. it. It was it was very strange to see how we came out the second half and just didn't look didn't look as, as confident as we'd looked in the first half and, and we, we really looked very disjointed and, and gave Bournemouth a huge sniff and it was really yeah down to them being a little bit toothless and a couple of decent challenges at the back that we kind of we stuck at one nil. Yeah, and I think you make. I think your your you other point, Mark, about you know the overreaction. I have seen online people. I mean, you, you, you're going to get people who are anti Emery Emery out, and they're going to go right over the edge with their with their thoughts and opinions. For me, I think he's still you know we still he's still got enough credit in the bank for me to see how it goes. Um, we're third, one point behind the champions. And Matt's just said we we've got the, the third most wins at home you know, after Liverpool, and Man City. So you know, there's no. I don't think there's any. There's no. There's no real need for people to kind of go over the board unless you've got an agenda. And obviously, we know there's some people out there that do have an agenda. But the sensible people out there will say, you know, look, you know, results are coming in. We just need the performances to to pick up. You know. Um, yeah. I still, I still think there are a lot of people who 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 were in the same situation with the, the previous manager where they knew that it was time for him to go. Uh, but they were quite rational and calm about it, mm. you know. And now I'm still, I'm not seeing them suggesting it's, uh, you know, anything like uh, Emery out, anything like that. But there are questions definitely being asked. And as long as it's it's sensible questions and healthy debate, then I think that's fine. As mm. you say, there will always be, unfortunately, amongst our fans on social media, there will always be those people who are, 
slightly carrying over an obsession from from Arsene mm. Wenger, and there are some people who are just sort of trolling uh, and and just off off their head, to be honest. But I am seeing sensible fans who I respect who are starting to just sort of question some of the stuff that we're seeing and and what is Emery's game plan? Where are we going? And also the fact you're seeing two very different sides. Mm. You're seeing a Premier League team which isn't very exciting to watch and doesn't fill you full of confidence. And then you see the the sort of Europa League and the Carling Cup team and Hmm. you see these youngsters who just go out, seem unafraid to play and and just get on with it and are really exciting the fans. And I think it's hard to sort of think, well, hold, hold on a minute, if they can do that, I know it's kind of the impetuosity of youth and that, but why can't senior pros feel a little bit more freedom and, and actually express themselves when they're supposed to be the ones who can play at a higher level? It's almost like he's got two completely different game plans, isn't it? But in terms of, in terms of where you are on the happy scale right now, Mark, of where you are with Unai Emery and, and Arsenal in particular, like I said, just one point behind Manchester City, sitting in, as things stand, those Champions League spots. Are you content with life at the moment or do you think there needs to be a change? I, I don't I don't think there needs to be any any change and, and obviously that that's that's something for a long way down down the road. We've only played what eight games of the season. Um we've had we've we've probably played our hard, hardest game, which was uh, Liverpool away and that's the one that we've lost. I think I just think people I think what doesn't help Emery is the long unbeaten run last year. You know, what was it, twenty two games? Mm-hmm. Because I think people saw in that 22 games things that are quite similar to what we see in this time you know and some people did get really carried away and obviously there was going to be a whole load of that because of the fact that he just wasn't Arsene Wenger anymore and it was a change so people would get buoyed by that the whole we've got our Arsenal back stuff but I do think people got their fingers burnt a little bit last year by getting too carried away about it and then seeing that awful collapse, it was just tragic to watch the team at the end of the season fall apart and throw away the Champions League place. So I think people are going to be quite cautious about it and not get too carried away this year, having been been, been burned by it last year. I think that's probably why people are quite cautious about getting too carried away. Nice one, Mike. Thank you for joining us, buddy. Cheers, mate. No problem. We are going to move straight across the Atlantic, in fact. Such is the global phenomenon of the Premier League and the fan base that Arsenal now stretches far and wide, Charles. We've got Silas on the line calling from Dallas. How are you doing, Silas? Doing good, doing good. How are you doing today? Yeah, very well, thank you. What would you like to discuss? Well, um, just a little bit of what the, the last caller had said. You know, it's um, I feel like, you know, we are overreacting towards what's happening now. But at the same time, I feel also that um, a lot of the the reason why we are reacting is Emery is giving us the reason to overreact. And that's just a watch, just based on watching his coaching skills. Um, you know, there are a lot of patterns that, that he's doing that's pretty much that he keeps repeating that's actually keep making a lot of friends, you know, fans nervous. And I mean, we could, we could go back to when he was a PSG and his collapse, you know, over there, you know, um, at, at PSG. Um, and, and I'm, I'm referring to the Champions League game. Um, also, the second half against Chelsea in the Europa League final, the Watford second half, you know, just a few weeks ago, and the second half yesterday. Like, you know, so I don't know what his tactics are, but 
as a fan, I am a huge fan of Boston. I love this club, and I would die in love with this club. But at the same time, you can't keep repeating the same thing. A lot of fans who just watch you and just love the club are not happy watching what they see. You know, and I don't know what the reason, what the what the problem is. All right, Silas, can I ask you where do you stand on the Emory, uh, on the Emory front then? Before before the Watford game, I was all Emory in. I was I was by his side. After the Watford game, I start looking at the team and start asking a lot of questions, questions about Mesut Ozil, and I don't really don't want to talk about Ozil because that hmm. to me that's. That's a problem that he created by himself. You know, Ozil is not a good player. You know, he's he's not you know performing at you know as as one of the favorite our favorite players now. Great, fine, but don't make him a captain. If he's not if he's not in your plans, don't make him a captain. When you make him a captain, he becomes a topic, and everybody talks about it. Everybody who both the folks who know what's happening, and you create you create that room for, you know, speculations and, you know, whether they're right or wrong, but you created that. So, and the same thing happened when he was a PSG with Thiago, Ben Affa, you know, so maybe it's just the way he manages his team, but he needs to, he needs to get to the point where he comes out and let's, let's air, let everybody know what the problem is and be think, very specific with it. Do you think we? Do you think he's been affected by the fact that we've not got, you know, we're only just getting the two fullbacks back. Um, Lacazette's been out injured. We've got Holding coming back. Do you think there would, do you think their, their appearance or reintegration in the team will help Emery and, and, and the kind of performances improve? Maybe. Maybe. Because obviously we all see what, you know, we all see what we see on 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 a Thursday night versus what we see on a Sunday. Two different teams, two different tactics, two different formations. I, I, I can't even tell you what our first 11 is after over 18 months or so. You know, maybe Bellerin and Tierney coming in helps the team helps the team a lot, but it is worrying when you watch an Arsenal team and, you know, and you see the creativity, you see the fun, you see the excitement watching the Arsenal team. You see the passing, but now you see an Arsenal team and you see Aubameyang dropping deep. This team suffers from creativity, and we have the main, our main creator who can't even make the bench. You know, when fans see this, they they ask questions, and we have a coach who cannot come out and tell us what the problem is. Then we start having questions. At least Arsene Wenger would come out and tell us, give us some crazy excuse, and we take that and we leave with that. But this, we don't even get a feedback at all. Yeah, I no, agree. So I, I agree, Silas. In terms of yeah. that, in terms of building a rod for your own back, especially with the captain scenario, we're going to have to let you go. But before we go, have you made it over to the Emirates before, Silas? No, but I saw the, I saw the team uh, when they were in, um, in, in the United States uh, during preseason, and um, I mean, I was at I was there. Uh, at the buying game and, you know, pretty much screamed all through the game. So it was a good experience, great experience. Lovely stuff. Thanks for calling, buddy. Thank you, mate. I, I mean, thank you. Bye-bye. That was Silas, a caller from Dallas, no less. This is the Arsenal Fan Show on Love Sport. We've got about 14 minutes left of the show. Love Sport. This is the Arsenal Fan Show on Love Spot. Me and Matt Beadle here with Giles Anyam from Gunnerstown. Plenty to cram into the final 12 minutes or so of the show. First off, 
Mm. Giles, mm. I just want to touch on a certain youngster from Sao Paulo, mm-hmm. from Brazil, a Mr. Martinelli. Yeah. Another two goals against Standard Liège. That's two starts and four goals for him now. And not just scoring goals, supplying goals yeah. as well. Got an assist as well. I mean, the, the way... You know what's really good about him is... Because I didn't really have... I knew nothing about him. I, I don't think I'm anybody not, did. Yeah. came from what? Ituano yeah, in Brazil for six million? Regional division, I don't know. But what I saw, especially against Standard Liège, his movement is really, really good. I mean, mm. for somebody that's supposed to be a left winger, he's got really kind of instinctive striker kind of like movements. You know, he gets he, he he hovers around, you know, and then he kind of makes a late move into the box, and he's always sort of like pointing, he's, he's telling people where he he wants the ball to be and whatnot. And you know, his 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 whole game is really interesting, is really impressive and really interesting. You know, um, the way he makes run, the way he presses, he doesn't just press. He he kind of waits for the for the defender to get the to to get the ball onto his foot, and then he kind of presses from the for an angle. And his constant, his constant energy, he's con- he reminds me a bit of Luis, kind of a hybrid between Luis Suarez. Carlos Tevez, you know, I know he's 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 it's not a bad hybrid. He's, that it's not exactly. I know he, <laughs> he he models himself on um, mm. or his idol is the Cristiano Ronaldo, but he does remind me of a young Luis Suarez or a Carlos Tevez, a constant ball of energy. Yeah, I agree, and I, you, you can't tell a whole lot from preseason. Mm. But one of the things from watching Martinelli in preseason was, like you said, was his movement, just mm. that canny knack, and that is a skill. That is something that can make you one of the greatest strikers. The ability to move in the penalty area if you're just a fox in a box fine and if you've got the ability to score and snuff out that chance which he seems to have and hey look I think he's developed far quicker than perhaps Unai Emery even thought yeah, he has done absolutely I mean I've, I've read a stat I think I've read somewhere he, he scored 200 goals in five seasons as a kid playing for is it Corinthians I think he was at before he right. went to Tawana so he's got a striker's instinct and you could just see the way he's moved the way he moves the way he thinks he's instinctive he's very brave the goal he scored I think he scored ahead I don't know if it's against Nottingham Forest or we scored one against Liège yeah. at the near post yeah, yeah. you know yeah, he's, that was a very deft Great header goal. and then the one against Nottingham Forest the week before where he kind of put his head there where it hurts he's a brave boy he's a lot to like about him and you know hopefully I think I think one thing I think about Emery is he does handle the young kids very well he kind of he doesn't he doesn't overplay them he, you know he seems to know when to play them and you know when to give them breathing. and I think you know he's made a good impression we'll probably see a lot more of it I mean, I would have, I would have expected to see a lot more of him. Obviously, with Lacazette coming back, that might sort of like, you know, uh, influence whether we see him a lot in the Premier League. But definitely in the cup games, I can't wait to see the boy. Yeah, and in particular, that get that first goal against Liège was mm. scored from a, t- a Kieran Tierney cross. And mm-hmm. let's talk about Kieran Tierney. In fact, let's talk about the defence mm. because I was thinking about this earlier and where Arsenal are at at the moment, and that feeds into all the calls we've had and the subjects you've brought up yourself in terms of is it a blip? Are we happy with where Arsenal are at the moment? And in terms of getting ducks in a row as it were when you look at the defence for one so mm. you know your, your common back to has been David Luiz and Socrates right and you've got a mixture of Maitland-Niles and Callum Chambers um, and Kolasinac playing there now with Tierney and Rob Holding and um, uh, give me the centre back uh, and yeah Rob Holding and Bellerin sorry coming back, back as yeah. well those three players when you look at how they've played against Forest, how they've played against Standard Liège mm. we're talking clean sheets we're talking assists we're talking goals that have been weighed in as well once those three come back and we're hearing that Tierney and Holding are not far off mm. Bellerin perhaps needs a little bit yeah. more time to get that match mm. fitness but all of a sudden you've then got a much stronger defence with Martinelli playing as he is things could change and get much much better I think um once those three come back, once you bed those three players in, the defence, people will be a lot more assured about the defence. Um, what I like about them, especially the fullbacks, is they're good one-on-one players. And I think 
playing in the team and the system that we play, you got to be a good one-on-one defender. You just got to be because you will get exposed. I mean, we, you know, a lot of people sort of lambast the two centre halves and I lambast Kolasinac when I get a chance, but <laughs> you know, the, the cover in front of him is is dysfunctional. You know, so the onus on them is. Can you can you defend for yourself? Can you defend the wide spaces? Can you defend one-on-one situations? And those three players, especially the, the two fullbacks, can do that. You know, especially Tini. Tini's a, he's a real old school. He's a real old school left back. I mean, a lot of people have made a point about he tucks his shirt in. You know, he pulls his socks up. Brilliant. Plenty of time <laughs> yeah, for that. Yeah, you know Plenty. I mean? <laughs> Plenty of time for that. I, I like him. I like yeah. the look of him. I think you know, he. I think he looks bit, really good. He's got a bit of banter. You've listened to a few of his interviews and what. He's, he's, you know, he's a good lad. He's a roadman. He calls himself a roadman. You know, so he's, 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 he's kind of integrated into the system. But yeah, I, I can't wait for him to come back. I think from a defensive standpoint, as, as far as a back four are concerned, that will solidify us. It's the guys in front of them that we need to, we need to find the right blend for that. And um, you know, I don't think I don't think we've really touched on Willock. I think Willock's done really well recently. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people have talked about Guendouzi. He's kind of really kind of what I liked about Guendouzi. What you know, he's got some flaws, but what I like about him is his character. He will step up. He's you can tell that you know he's got he's got leadership qualities. He's he's definitely in the long run. You can see him being a leader. You know, he, he's allied his talent with that determination, that never say die attitude. But I think Willock, for me should really be getting more look-ins in this team mm. you know he's he's a very good instructional player underrated technically can do the doggies got great stamina you've seen a goal scoring ability as well you know I think he should be getting more chances in this team and a great goal as well from yeah. him as well instinctive just very one touch Bosch, Bosch exactly. that, is, that is training yeah. ground that is a skill obviously a, a natural ability I think you'd say just quickly to finish on the defence William Saliba we know is coming in mm. next summer there has been a new story today about Willie Bolly <laughs> from Wolves a potential mm. transfer target in January when he gets to the end of the summer he'll have one year left on his contract at Wolves they signed him for around 10 million I think it was in the season that they went up from the championship anything in this do you think? It's the first I'm hearing of it. You know what? He's not a bad defender. I like him. He's very dominant. Um, he can score. Very good from set pieces. I think he scored in the weekend or maybe in midweek. He, did. he scored against Besiktas. Yes, yeah. midweek, wasn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, he's very strong. Um, we we need a kind of a dominant defender. He's not the he's not the upper Meccanos, which people would like mm-hmm. and people are expecting. You know, um, upper Meccanos, I think he's, he's transferred. He's got a ceiling of about 60 million euros, which seems to be very much in our ballpark. But Willie Bolly. Yeah, for as, as a Premier League defender who knows the division, who knows the league. Yeah, if we can't get up on Meccano, why not? Yeah. I just want to finish, mm. Giles. We're coming to the end of this show on another story today mm. and some quotes from Arsene Wenger. Now, we often hear this when managers or ex-managers or players speak to be in sports abroad that something tends to come out of that. On this occasion, it has done. He's been asked questions about Spurs and about Maurizio Pochettino in particular. Mm. And, you know, he said, I think he's done very well. It's what everybody acknowledges. He's had, I mean, the headlines are saying that he's had a dig at Arsenal. He's not exactly done that. Mm. But he has said, every year people want something more from you. I experienced that at Arsenal. We were 20 consecutive years in the top four. But in the end, it was not enough. Today, if you get in the Champions League, people are very happy. Yeah. They are. You concur with that? You know what? I concur with that, you know. I do concur with that because maybe um, in his time, you know, people thought he wasn't doing enough. He was happy. Just, I'm not sure. I can't even remember. I don't really want to go back over old ground. Sorry, Matt. Am I putting you in a place you don't want to be? I (laughs) apologise. But I mean, in terms of now, today, 
absolutely the top four is the holy grail now he he'd been saying it before and it's coming to it's coming to fruition now people want it people are happy to get in the top four simply because liverpool and man city are just a bit too far ahead at the moment you know and there's whereas before maybe in his time there was only four four or five teams that were competing for top four now you've got six or seven teams outside of liverpool and man city you've got four or five teams mm. That are competing for top four for two places, so the competition is a lot harder. So to, just to get in there now is an achievement. Absolutely. Mm. Wow. We won't talk more about Arsene Wenger. Those mm. days are heavily gone. Just a Love very him, quick yeah. loan watch before we go. Mm. Both Henrik Mkhitaryan and Moel Nani not playing for the clubs Roma and Besiktas, respectively. Mkhitaryan is now injured with an adductor injury. Interestingly, Roma manager Paolo Fonseca has come out and said that he thinks Mkhitaryan was carrying that injury from Arsenal. That's all very well, mm. but he passed the medical. So mm. that argument is essentially quite moot. But mm. He is going to be out for about three weeks. Moel Nenny is an interesting one. Obviously sent off in his, opening, in his opening game for the club. He was suspended for three. He now apparently wants to leave the club. They've not won any games mm. in which he's played. He's only played three games. They've not played, won any games at all this season, in fact. But he is saying that he wants to leave the club in January. So we'll wait and see what happens with that one. I'm presuming, from your opinion, he won't be welcome back at the Emirates. No, but I mean, if they want to terminate, if they, if Besiktas and Arsenal agree to terminate the contract, then he's coming back and then, oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't know what we're going to do with him. Okay, on that note, this has been the Arsenal Fan Show on Love Sport. International break next week, but we'll be back, as always, Monday at 7pm. We'll see you then. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter.